Well, that was good. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I man, that was so hard. I don't know what to say. <laughs> natural. It was very natural. Growing up in Western society as Asian Canadians, we often discuss our experiences with contrasting views of beauty standards that impact our self-image. In this episode, this is the topic that we'll delve into, and we have a special guest, Brian. Brian, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm a student at the University of British Columbia studying psychology, and I'm super excited to uh, discuss this topic with Rachel and Kathy. Thank you for having me. So Kathy and I came up with a list of Asian beauty standards that we either experience directly ourselves or are aware of. And many of these things are mainly applicable and imposed on women. But having Brian here, it'll be interesting to hear whether or not he also has experienced any of these or are aware of any of these. And so starting off with just like I think something that I can relate with and maybe Kathy as well is having like a good skin tone, which is fair um, and pale, I guess. Um, and this is really different from being in the Western culture where I think tan skin is considered very like beautiful. You know, you get that sun-kissed look and everyone wants to get tanned as soon as like it's summer. Um, but interestingly, like for myself, like I have a bit of a yellower undertone and a bit darker than like the rest of my family members and I always like that's something that my relatives would always comment on from I guess not purely a place of judgment but also just like of concern like they think it's abnormal and it doesn't look good and it reflects like underlying conditions and whatnot but it's just like my natural skin tone what about you Kathy wow I didn't know that they thought it was like like you're sick like that's what it sounds like is like they're thinking that you're (laughs) sick um well my mom is usually the one that says all this stuff I think my dad has like some beliefs but he never like says stuff so my mom's very vocal and she I feel like it's honestly like a lot of this stuff is like projection for her like she talks about how her skin is really light and how mine is not and like how my skin is like my dad's which is like slightly darker So I've definitely um, experienced that. And in particular, like my parents would both talk about how your skin should have no scars because that's not pretty to look at. Um, And I've gotten, gotten to the point where like my parents in middle school, like suggested that I get like plastic surgery to like deal with like some like acne scars, for example, that I had, which good on my middle school self maybe I was in the rebellious stage but I was just like (gasps) I was like appalled I was like I'm never gonna get plastic surgery like what are you talking about but yeah I think like even now like like it's almost like in conscious and kind of like subconscious thing where like I don't want to get tan in the summers like I, I don't really like go outside and stuff so even though I'm not like I don't like gravitate towards like the western thing of like getting really tan um so it is a little bit where I'm like, oh, I got to like stay as light as possible in my natural, you know, like skin color without like bleaching or, or, or anything like that. Because there's like bleaching products. But yeah, so I feel like it still has like impacted me today where I'm like, I don't like it when I get tan, you know, even though it's like natural because it's like sunny outside. But yeah. Yeah, for me, I don't really consciously think about my skin tone. Like it's just the way I am and I don't like use any products I'm not 
really that well versed in skincare either. Um, but one experience that came to mind was, um, I think like a couple of years ago when I went back to China to visit family, my aunt had this spa coupon discount thing and like we went together and it was really fun and like I've never really gone to a spa before that. And like you would expect like as a customer you'll be like showered with compliments and whatnot but like i got roasted like <laughs> people working on like my face and things they just kept like criticizing how dark i was and like, even though my aunt didn't have like super fair skin it was still lighter than mine um and it was just really weird like being in a situation where like i'm just being compared and then they started like try to sell me things like whitening creams and whatnot so like maybe that's part of their job but then I just felt so like I don't know like targeted in a way and obviously like they could tell that I like was a foreigner I guess um and that I don't live in the Asian context but they kind of talked about like oh it's really important to like as a girl like keep your skin white and pale and that's prettier whereas like your skin tone now like it's too dark and I don't know, it's just like very deeply embedded, I think, into some of their beliefs. Um, and I do know that like, at least for people in like Southern China, having darker skin kind of signifies like, perhaps working more manual labor, like as a farmer and whatnot. And that's seen as like being on the lower end of the socioeconomic uh, ladder. And so like, perhaps that's one of the reasons why they think like having tanner skin like is less desirable. I don't know if either of you have heard of that idea or yeah. Yeah, I've heard about that idea before. And I think I just wanted to like make a comment about that. Like that's actually kind of, um, it made me feel so uncomfortable when you told that story about how when you went to the spa with your aunt and the people there were kind of making you feel so insecure and like pressuring you on like a diff this like prettier Asian standard just because you know you look different and they're trying to like sell a product and that got me really thinking about like how like quick like salespeople or how quick it is in Asian cultures to kind of like like change you really quickly like make you feel bad about how you look so you feel pressured to change yourself because as like a male, as a guy from like, coming from like um family from pretty traditional like Chinese parents, like my parents like tried to like kind of control my entire life and like impose a bunch of beliefs and cultures and what I'm supposed to do. Not necessarily like how I'm supposed to look, but like definitely like how I'm supposed to behave and how I'm supposed to act and present myself. So but it was never really about like my skin or like any type of beauty thing. So it's really interesting to hear that you're literally going to a spa place to like get your skin treated and to like look good and to feel good, but you're going there and you're kind of being like discriminated for just because you're not fitting their beauty standard. Like I just kind of felt, I just kind of like sympathize with you a little bit because I never kind of experienced that before. So yeah, I just wanted to make a comment. <laughs> Yeah, and I think like if I were self-conscious about my skin like that, having that experience would have definitely affected me more, but like it's personally just not something I care about too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just on the topic of like having more like tan skin or sun-kissed skin, meaning like more like laborious work, 
like it's definitely there's a huge contrast with like western society like you said like when we're going outside and enjoying the sun like that's a definition of wealth because you're able to like have leisure you know have time to do things versus in asian cultures in china like being in the sun means like you're working or but you're not sun tanning apparently when you're like getting tanned so it's quite interesting how there's like different obviously different perspectives on like the color of your skin the tone of your skin and the perception of beauty and health almost right like i'm pretty sure like I'm not sure if you have experienced like, like, oh wait, you did mention how like, if your skin looked kind of off, like your grandparents would think that you had some sort of illness. Like, I'm kind of like a little bit flabbergasted, not necessarily like mind blown or like, oh, I never knew this, but I didn't know to the degree of like the experiences that um, girls kind of have to go through with, you know, having like a darker toned skin and being like, it's an illness, you're sick. Like, my gosh. That was a little bit shocking for me, to be honest. Yeah, the other thing I thought about was how, like, here people get every opportunity to be in the sun and get tan, but in Asia, you see people carrying umbrellas, like, everywhere, completely covered up in the middle of summer. And I just, like, I think that's really interesting, like, the differences that we see, um, like, what people do to protect their skin or what they think is beautiful. And so, very interesting. So the next one on the list is um, plastic surgery. So um, things like double eyelid surgery and like um, rhinoplasty, which is nose job. Um, and personally for me, um, my parents have mentioned it a couple times, like getting double eyelid surgery in middle school. Um, and then like they kind of like said it nonchalantly too. They're like, like, Kathy, why don't you just get, um, you know, double eyelid surgery? It's only going to cost, like, a couple hundred dollars. Um, and, you know, I was in the rebellious phase. And I think I'm also the type of person now that's, like, I hate it when people tell me what to do. Um, but, yeah, my parents mentioned, like, I should get double eyelid surgery and, like, get, like, plastic surgery to, like, remove, like, acne scarring and whatnot. Um, and, I mean, I've, I've always, like, rejected them. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty pretty common I feel like to just like talk about it and it seems like it's like not really like a big deal you know what about you Rachel um I do have double eyelids especially when I was younger like my teacher in kindergarten would always put on double eyelid tape to make it look like she has double eyelids and I never really noticed the difference um in terms of people with monolids and double eyelids I think eyes are eyes and they're pretty right um so it's interesting that like it seems to me that a lot of people kind of lean towards having double eyelids as like a standard because I honestly think like monolids are really pretty too. And yeah, I don't know, but I definitely agree that it's more normalized um, because it is a relatively minor procedure. And I do know friends who have gotten it and they heal pretty quickly as well. Um, and especially I think like in Korean culture, which I'm very much into, um, a lot of girls get like double eyelid surgery as like a gift for reaching a certain milestone, like for example, like graduating high school or something or like a birthday gift. Um, and it's something that you can very quickly arrange. And so I definitely see how that's like kind of normalized now. Um, but in terms of like plastic surgery for other things, like I've never really been pressured to get anything done. Um, I am kind of insecure about like my flat Asian nose, but I never really thought about getting a procedure um, 
just because I don't know it to me it feels a little invasive and I'm just trying to like be content with how I look um not to say that like choosing to get a procedure done is bad or anything it's just like a very personal decision um and I totally respect people who do get things done um if that helps them right um but for me I never really considered it just mainly cost and then like the actual procedure but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with you yeah like I'm scared to like go under the knife for like anything like I'm scared of, like if anything happens to me and I gotta go to hospital like that's scary to me um it just reminds me of how like you know Asian society is quite like collectivist so you kind of want to look all the same which is you know why like Rachel when you went to that spa with your aunt like people are talking about how your skin basically looked different right like you weren't you know going down the same path of like having fairer skin and like working towards that but then double eyelids isn't necessarily common in Asian culture you know it's it's kind of uh, you have a larger percentage of um, having monolids than if you were Caucasian, for example. So that's like a interesting observation. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, no, I don't think I ever thought that like, on one hand, everyone wants to be kind of more similar in the collectivist um, kind of mindset. But then on the other hand, striving for double eyelid is something that's like disproportionately less usual in society. Kind of interesting that way. I agree with all the points you guys mentioned about how double eyelid surgery isn't too much of an invasive procedure and a lot of it's kind of become normalized to just receive it as a gift. Like Rachel said, I heard about that as well in Korean culture. Um, But in terms of um, rhinoplasty or any type of other plastic surgery to the face, um, one thing that I can think about is um, maybe like jaw surgery. I think that's something that's like starting to gain in popularity because of this of Asian male beauty standards or like also for women um especially coming I think from like Korean or like Japanese culture with um the idols and like the artists and like the celebrities like having extremely chiseled like really nice jaw lines and stuff and I think also in western culture has that too but I feel like it's increased in popularity through the influence of Korean and Japanese culture and like popular culture and stuff like that because I find myself like buying Amazon like jaw tools to like kind of substitute for like not wanting to go under the knife or like I watched a YouTube video where it's like oh if you chew gum for 30 minutes like in a month or in two months you'll get a nice jaw like I feel like that stuff is gaining like popularity like in terms of like getting jaw surgery and having like a really nice jawline yeah, I've heard about that as well. I was, um, I like was writing a paper in first year and one of the articles like talked about that. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think of surgery, I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but there's like this um, surgeon TikToker, I guess. And he posts like the animated videos of how surgery looks like. And like, it's like the videos he shows his clients he's like oh I'm going to be cutting this bone and then it shows like how the whole structure moves around and it's like oh man like that's a lot of cutting and like you're losing oh man it's just like I would never want to be under a knife even if I'm going to be ugly for the rest of my life hey hey society standards is telling you that you are but you're not you're you're right you're right It's, it's a social construct Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, I just think like plastic surgery can be a very slippery slope because I do know like 
friends and I don't know Rachel do you know any friends or Brian do you have any like family members or friends um but I've had people like mention like oh they got something done and then they like regretted it after and they're like I shouldn't have you know done it because it like wasn't really like my like like decision if you know what I mean like they were influenced by like other people or like expectations rather than choosing it really um like after thinking about it lots of research and like do like choosing that as, as something that you know would benefit them I don't have any friends that do I don't know maybe just like the culture we're in in Canada in Western culture like the community we're in like don't really emphasize getting like plastic surgery I guess and it's like so expensive like who has the money to pay for it yeah Unless you're in Asia, I think it's pretty affordable in Asia. But I also think, like, maybe, like, Western culture is, like, you don't talk about mm. it, that you got stuff done. Whereas in Asian culture, it's, like, everyone talks about it. So it's more normalized that you, like, do it. And then you can also, like, talk about it. That's true. I feel like here it's kind of so we want to look natural. Like, everything's natural or, like, we work for it. Versus, like, in Asian culture, it's, like, oh, we can just get plastic surgery and, like, we'll look good. Even if you did get a nose job, like, it might not even look that different. And, like, people would be like, oh, I don't know, I just worked out and my nose just went there. <laughs> I also don't know anyone personally who's gotten anything more than double eyelid surgery, but I do, like, follow some influencers, YouTubers who are very open about what they've gotten and they kind of just talk about, like the mental processes behind getting something done and just like overall like the healing process and beyond like financial um needs for getting something done it's also like you kind of have to set aside time um for the healing depending on how big the procedure is right and so i think that's like something that you have to really think about before considering anything of that sort but again like i agree that it's a lot more talked about in asia and so I think it's almost like normal and not like critical of someone to ask like, oh, did you get anything done? Or like, have you gotten something done? Like I hear that a lot in Korean drama. I don't know how it's like in real life though, but it's almost seen as more like, yeah, normal and acceptable in that context. Yeah, just to add on that, I feel like if we were to imagine a conversation in like Asia, like between like two individuals, it might go something like, oh, did you get your nose done? It looks so good. Or like, oh, did you get double eye surgery? It looks so good. Versus here, it's like, did you get a nose job? You got a nose job? Why? So it's kind of like, I feel like just like different cultures like has a huge contrast in like their attitudes towards plastic surgery. So I feel like that has like a huge impact on like the normalization and like having that in like conversation, right? Like maybe it's like taboo to talk about like, plastic surgery here maybe not so much anymore but like I definitely do agree with you with the differing attitudes mm -hmm. um so the next one is um having natural hair color so um when was the first time I started dyeing my hair um it's probably like I think I only started majorly dyeing it like in university um because like my parents like always want you to have natural hair color or it look natural so like my mom just has a thing with like dark cherry red colors so she was fine with like that but like any other lighter color like you know and any like you know blonde or like pink and stuff they'd be like oh my goodness like like 
you're crazy like I don't know like they would kind of attribute like me choosing to dye my hair as related to like who I am as a person like people with dyed hair maybe it's just like Asian community where it's like people with dyed hair like we're more likely to like I don't know do bad stuff maybe I don't know but um yeah I had to like like call my parents out a little bit when they got like pissed when I um dyed my hair blonde like a couple years back and I was telling them it was like a trend um and uh yeah because my dad was saying like mom is so mad at you and I was like this is a trend and I'm like using my own money (laughs) and like um all of that so yeah I've gotten kind of like disapproval each time my parents see my hair dyed but good thing that I don't live at home now for the past like since university started so they don't really see me that often um so they can't really like say much and they've stopped saying it now because I had to put my foot down <laughs> but I don't know Rachel you should here but I don't know like your experience um I think like growing up I was not allowed to dye my hair and I think it's not so much like the perception of like what that implies but it's just more so like for health reasons like the chemicals and things but then I didn't listen and I got my hair dyed I think like when I was in grade 12 I got it dyed completely brown um but the funny thing is like I came home and I was like ready to get scolded and I like looked at my mom like sorry mom (laughs) but then she didn't notice like I had to tell her like that I dyed my hair she's like oh really it looks the same and I'm like okay um (laughs) but yeah I think that's like the first time I dyed my hair and then um I did dye it like red once but my hair just generally doesn't pick up color very well even after like bleaching like it doesn't stay on and so now like I think I still have a bit of I don't know it was purple but now it's just blonde now at my ends um so I have gotten it done and like my parents don't really care now that I'm older and I like make my own decisions um but I know like in I don't know if this is still like applicable now but like in schools in Asia, you're not allowed to do anything to your hair from what I know. When thinking about like keeping a natural hair color in my personal experience, like I've always wanted to dye my hair. I wanted to dye my hair brown. And that was obviously influenced partly, mostly, probably 100% from like um, being really interested in like Korean culture and like listening to a lot of K-pop and seeing that a lot of the idols and musicians like dye their hair different colors that I wanted to like have a change from like my black hair my jet black hair to like have some brown or some I don't know maybe some like blue I don't know maybe I don't know (laughs) but my parents were very much against having any dyed hair even though my mom dyes her hair like almost every month to cover (laughs) the gray hairs for me I don't think it's much more it's not so much like because of an Asian beauty standard, but much more just like gender norms and gender stereotypes. My mom says I can't really dye my hair because it's like guys don't dye their hair. So although like in a lot of the Asian, in the Asian media and like um, how like Asian beauty standards are perpetuated for males and females, you can dye your hair, right? There's so many different colored hair individuals in China, in Canada as well, but my parents really really said like oh guys cannot dye their hair they don't need to dye their hair why would you need to dye your hair and it's much more like a gender issue than like a beauty standard issue I think from my personal experience 
I definitely relate. My mom literally dyes her hair like every single month with like box dyes. So like for my parents, it wasn't so much like Rachel's where it's like out of like the health of your hair. Um, it's really just like they just didn't want to look like different from like the natural colors. I think what you mentioned like just uh, reminded me of something about how in like, again, it's actually Asian culture, like with collectivist um, cultures, there's a huge emphasis on conformity and like kind of like looking the same and like not kind of standing out in the room. And I think, you know, for my mom with her, with when, with age, right? Like she's gonna start getting white hairs and gray hairs. Like she doesn't wanna like stand out as, or like look old, right? She wants to stay youthful and pretty. And I guess have continuing to dye her hair with the box dyes kind of like reinforces that kind of youthful, look she's still young and in terms of her, like her children and like her son like she doesn't want me to like go back to China with like green hair because I think there's like stereotypes with like randomly colored hair like lot like stereotypes of like um being like gay or being like um different or like being um crazy or being weird right because I think different colored hairs kind of have that kind of um, emotional drive. Like they kind of like make you feel like this person's like different, like just because of like the color of the hair. And I feel like my mom really emphasized like conforming with like everyone else. And like, whenever we go back, like you gotta have black hair, you don't be dyed. Like you don't want your relatives to see you with like blue hair. You were talking about how um, your parents would like tell you like, you know, why do you need to dye your hair? Like, you know, boys don't need to do that. It's interesting because girls with the whole like, oh, you know, you should have like fair skin and um, all of that type of stuff. Like they don't like reflect on like, oh, why do I need to tell my own child that they should have fair skin and that, you know, that's prettier. Like, why is that prettier? It's like, it's not really like a self-reflective process for that. But then for some things, they do have that process where they they ask why but then yeah so for some things they do and then some things they don't yeah that can be super frustrating to be honest because like it's kind of like a lot of cognitive dissonance it's like mom you said one you said a but now you're suddenly b like which one like you got to be consistent and sometimes like you said they're like inconsistent with reasoning inconsistent with, oh man that's frustrating <laughs> ah yeah yeah oh. story of my life <laughs> And I think we're also way more self-critical of like what we look like because we always just like pick things out. Whereas most people don't really notice anything. Like Rachel, I never knew you had like an you were insecure about your nose because I thought your nose looked like fine. It looked like cute. Like it didn't look. <laughs> no, Rachel, we learned about yeah. this in psych. <laughs> we have like a negative self-bias. Like we're just super biased oh, to all the negative aspects of ourselves and like we're really focused on like our performance uh -huh. and how we are perceived by others but we never think about like the signals of like other people liking us so like we're always focused on improving the mm -hmm. negatives but we never are appreciative and like accepting of the positives <laughs> so that's yeah that's why we're constantly yeah uh-huh I definitely think that that's also like you're educated mm -hmm. also to think mm -hmm. deficit based too, right? Like if you're trying to solve something, you're always like, what do they need? What What's missing, right? Versus like, how can we leverage the strengths that they have? So it's totally like a, a practice that you have to do to 
constantly think about like okay what are like the strengths and positive things like more of like an asset-based approach like I do agree that we're most self-critical because we spend the most time with ourselves and we notice like all these things that people probably won't notice or care about and so like the next thing we have on the list is like tattoos and piercings I don't know if like I think like for me like I do have my ears pierced um but having a tattoo is something that I think my family would be strongly against not that they're gonna stop me from doing it but like they wouldn't like it but I think I would like a tattoo someday I don't know what but I definitely have to like think a lot because it's I know you can get tattoo removals but then that's quite a hassle right so I would want to be very happy with what I choose and like the location and everything I don't know what about either of you like do you have any tattoos or piercings or would you like any I've always wanted to get piercings but um again it's the same reason that my mom gave for like not letting me dye my hair she strongly believes that piercings are only for girls I'll definitely, don't tell my parents, I hope my parents don't listen to this, but I'm definitely going to get piercings when I move out, so, <laughs> but yeah, they don't think I'm, they don't let me get it because they think, um, you know, guys don't get piercings, right, guys don't get piercings, so you shouldn't get piercings, that's the only reason, and in terms of tattoos, my parents are 100% against it, they don't really think, like, my parents have this obsession that tattoos have negative connotations with it. Like I think from personal experience or like from what they've told me when I've expressed like my interest in getting like, even like a small tattoo, they'd be like, you're not gonna get a job. It's it's bad luck. Like the employer's gonna know that you have a tattoo and they're gonna think like you're, you're like part of a gang or something. And I'm like, um, in what world, right? And I feel like maybe because she comes from um, you know, an Asian, like, culture where um, perhaps, like, the stereotypical, like, gang member, I guess, or person, or criminal, or uh, someone that does bad things tend to have tattoos, so she kind of has that association with it, so she kind of imposes that, that entire lifestyle with me getting, like, a singular tattoo. I want one. I, I really do. I want to get an anchor. I don't know if you guys care, but I want to get an anchor on my ankle so it like keeps me grounded, you know, like an anchor, you know, mm-hmm. at the ankle. Okay. I think like Asian families have the perception that tattoos and piercings too, I think, are associated with like being in a gang and whatnot. Like I have my both my ears pierced. And then when I kind of mentioned wanting more, like I want second piercings as well as like a one on my helix. I think that's what it's called. Um but like my parents are very like, oh, that's like too much, you know, like that's getting a little, you know, scandalous and whatnot. And I'm like, it's just so I have more space to play with different earrings that I can wear like at the same time. Like, I don't know why there's that perception, but I, I can definitely see where that's coming from, like based on what you said, Brian. I've experienced the same thing with um, tattoos. My parents were like, when I was like really young, they got my like ears pierced. And it seems like, like, I know sometimes it's like, you shouldn't get your ears pierced at all. But my parents are like, okay, you need to get your ears pierced because you're like a girl or whatever. And then you can't pierce it anymore. <laughs> and yeah, my parents, um, the same way with tattoos. I don't know if I'd ever get a tattoo. If I did, it'd be something small and probably related to like flowers or something like that. And maybe it would be like really small, like the back of my neck, 
so like where the shoulder blades meet potentially because then I feel like it's easy to hide oh yeah I also know like some workplaces um particularly in customer service requires you to cover up your tattoo it's like a very conservative way of thinking but and I know like from my own experience uh, some of my employers require that if it's like a bigger tattoo um, it has to be covered um, but then I think like later on they remove that kind of rule because it's just like a lot of people have tattoos right and some some have it in spots where you can't really hide like if it's on your wrist do you have to force them to wear long sleeves every day but yeah there's also that like it seems as like less professional and whatnot which I think is kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. so on to the next one which is makeup and we want to mention that there's kind of like two different like looks like a western look that looks like you definitely know that they're wearing makeup and they have that like cat eye mascara and like their eyebrows look really good whereas in Asian culture it's more like natural like it's the natural look like are they wearing makeup or is that actually what they look like type of look I don't know if I've ever I would don't really wear makeup that often I wear it like maybe a couple times a year maybe <laughs> um so I've never really experienced any like beauty ideals like from family members or anything I think it's also because my mom's not good with makeup like she just doesn't she doesn't have the knack for it and that's probably also the same with clothes like she can't really judge my she actually compliments my clothes because she doesn't have really any fashion sense like her friends have to help her (laughs) also they probably because they've never really seen me with makeup actually too like in the occasions I've worn it they've probably never seen me the last time and probably the only time I had like full face makeup was for prom like high school prom and that was like the most that I ever wear just because I don't really know how to put on makeup besides like I play with like lip color sometimes but especially like now like I don't go anywhere there's really no point of me trying um but yeah like I just don't really do anything mainly because I don't know how and and I don't really see like the necessity to and also yeah kind of similar to you like my mom doesn't really wear any makeup so there isn't that expectation for me too but I think like it's interesting when you mentioned like the more natural mm-hmm. like that Asians kind of strive for because if you look at cosmetic or skincare um, commercials I think like Asians have like that very natural like dewy look like I just came out of the shower and everything's perfect and then they emphasize a lot on like skin tone and things and that's kind of like the look that they're striving for whereas here it's I think a little more dramatic in terms of the style like having on fleek eyebrows you know um so that's kind of interesting I think if I do wear makeup it it is more aligned to the natural beauty standards because I mean I have monolids I don't know how to work with them I, I have oily skin usually, so like eyeliner doesn't work. I start looking like a raccoon the couple of times that I've worn it, like doesn't doesn't really work out. So yeah, I do align probably more with the natural just because I think personally like fits me better. Like I don't think I'm the type to like put on dramatic makeup because also it takes a long time and I'm like an efficient person. So I'm like, nope, I'm only going to spend 15 minutes. I'm going to put on makeup. Putting on makeup could be fun, but I think... Uh, removing it and like properly so you don't like hurt your skin I think that's the annoying part and so I think for me I'm honestly like I mentioned that it's because I don't really know how to do makeup but I think I'm mainly just too lazy to do it and like have to kind of remove a full face of makeup at the end of each day um 
And I know like the consequences of not properly removing your makeup, you're going to have like breakouts and things, right? And so just not putting anything on is the easiest, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that reminds me, like, definitely agree with you. Um, you have to like double cleanse if you're wearing makeup, like the whole terminology. I'm, I'm into skincare a little bit, but not too much. But I'm, I do have a very rigorous and I'm very diligent about my skincare. So I do do that more so than focusing on makeup because I'm like, if the skin naturally looks good, like it'll look better if I do choose to wear makeup and then it looks like fine in general. I think one experience with makeup, but not like eyebrows and stuff like that, but with BB cream. So I, in 2017, when like I started like really dwelling into like skincare and like Korean um, beauty um, or Asian beauty, of course, um, I wanted to try out like wearing like BB cream because it was like, a really like low maintenance kind of like medium low coverage I don't know how what the terminology is but it was like supposed to look natural like how you guys were emphasizing in Asian cultures of having these natural beauty standards and when I would put on BB cream like my mom noticed it immediately and she was like oh my gosh you're putting on makeup why are you putting on makeup like you shouldn't be putting on makeup but it's really funny how like in Korea like it's kind of like super normalized to like put on like very like even for guys to put on very like minimal like bb cream or like a tinted sunscreens right i think mine was a tinted sunscreen but they called it like a bb cream but it had like spf but it's just really interesting how like that contrast like even though like it's kind of like different here and different there but my mom was like you shouldn't put on i feel like i just been talking to my mom and like my mom's just like very much like thinking in a binary where it's like guys do this thing and girls do one thing but just switching gears a little bit on something that I think I have a little bit more um interest in is like skincare and I feel like there's been such a huge shift and I think it's definitely because of influence of like Korean dramas Korean pop music and stuff like that that there's been such an increase in like skincare and like a greater acceptance for like guys to do skincare and like multiple steps skincares as well like I think like a couple years ago maybe like in the past decade like it wasn't something that guys usually do like guys usually just use a wet towel and like they just like wipe their face and they're like done but then versus like in Asian culture like they do multiple steps they put toner they put moisturizer vitamin c aha bha I don't know what else that's normal there right and it was never really normal here. Like, I don't remember any of my friends, like, ever talking about skincare. But then, like, again, like I said, in the recent years, like, increased acceptance and, like, normalization of, like, skincare and, like, taking care of your skin. And, like, oh, sorry. I'm just, like, super excited to, like, talk about Korean beauty and, like, Korean skincare because I feel like, like the world is kind of moving in a better place because everyone's going to look, going to have such a nice skin, you know? <laughs> but, like, for sure like um there was moments when my mom was like you're buying too many products but there was at one point where my mom was like oh wow your skin actually looks really good now like you got rid of a lot of like your acne scars like your skin looks more plump and youthful and stuff and like it was kind of like a nice conversation to have with my mom who kind of like really emphasized like maybe because like she saw kind of again maybe she was projecting but maybe she kind of saw like um youthfulness in me and like how my skin kind of like brightened up that she was kind of just like that's good because I think 
something that we really talked about with the fair skin and stuff like she was like super excited and contrary to everyone's belief based on what I'm saying my mom she actually asked me to like suggest like Korean beauty products to her and like she actually has like a five-step skincare routine now because of me and like she like usually doesn't do like mask and stuff but ever since I started like introducing that to my own lifestyle and she kind of sees me and like she's seen the results and how beautiful my skin looks she's like hopping on and she's like buying so many like face masks and stuff so I feel like I really I'm liking this kind of shift with like Asian um influence and like just kind of like bridging that gap with western culture and I'm just going to use like a TikTok example there's so many TikTokers or influencers or creators that kind of see on the media that are really pushing for skincare you know we got skincare by Hiram we got Emma Chamberlain who like literally is I don't know if you guys know this but like she's like ambassador for like a skincare product Kylie Skin Fenty Skin like there's just like much more like this this market is like huge now in like western culture and I think it's because of Asian um, influences, in particular, like, Korean. My mom is, like, not like Brian's mom. We're, like, really open and, like, saw the results and stuff. Like, my mom sees the results, but she still uses, like, water. Like, not even soap sometimes. (laughs) But she still strives for the youthful look. So we're going to talk about the next thing. And I think this is probably, like, the most pressing topic on uh, body ideals. Um, So this is things like... Um, having to look skinny, being fat phobic, body shaming and stuff like that. Um, coming from guy perspective um, for body ideal standard, I felt like I wasn't um, really shamed for how I looked or how my body particularly presented itself in terms of appearance. But the only thing that kind of is perpetuated in my culture and my family from my personal experience is definitely height. I feel like whenever I go back, to visit my relatives in China. Like all of my cousins that are like six or seven years younger than me are taller than me. So it's like, they're like looking down on me even though I'm older than them. And a lot of the times my relatives are like, oh, what happened to your kids? Like, how come your kids aren't tall? Like obsession with height and like looking tall and like and masculine and stuff like that. But I never really felt like I was shamed for that whenever I went back other than height. And they would never... And for some reason, like, I found it really interesting. I feel like um, I think Kathy and uh, Rachel get into this later. But whenever I went back and I did look like I gained a little bit weight, a lot of my relatives would actually, like, congratulate me. They would actually say, like, oh, wow, that means you're eating good. Like, you're, you're happy. Like, you're eating good food. So I felt like that was, like, such a contrast from, like, what a typical, like, um, like body shaming kind of conversation would go. And I think... Um, Rachel and Kathy would go into that with more detail, but I just wanted to um, put that out there first, that I had a contrasting experience with, like, relatives and body shaming. They're kind of, like, congratulating me that I'm gaining weight and, like, that I'm looking a little chubbier, but I never actually experienced a lot of um, body shame or fat phobia or any of, like, that. What about you guys? I like to think, like, okay, with weight, you do have some sort of control over that, but you can't really control how tall you are or like how tall you're going to grow. Like, I think that's such a weird thing to ask. Like, why aren't you taller? Like, no shade. I think my mom would disagree. 
my mom would be like, you know what? I, I'm taller than like most of my relatives in my family. I'm five six, and like I don't know, my parents and like my brother are like five three or something, five two. And my mom's like, you know why you're so tall? It's because you played basketball. Or you know why you're so tall? It's because you're jumping so much. She would always be like, okay, Brian, you're jumping. Get up. We're gonna jump. We're gonna jump a little bit. Oh, you're doing swimming. Oh, how come you're not taller because you did swimming? And she did this one thing because um, our relative said like, oh yeah, my my daughter is like six feet because I did this. And what it was like, she tied my legs, like she used rope. She tied my legs together. So when I'm sleeping, my legs are straight. And like, she also tied my arms like together. So I'd be sleeping in the most straight position. And she's like, this is the only way for you to grow tall. Um, my, my relative, like your cousin, like is so tall because she sleeps in this restricted position. So I did this for a whole month. And let me tell you, I did not grow. Uh, only thing I got out of that was like, maybe some cuts. Um, uncomfortable sleep. Very uncomfortable sleep. But I did it because my mom was like, yeah, you're going to get taller. And I believed her. Well, <laughs> they always have a way. <laughs> If you're undernourished, you're not gonna you're gonna be stunted. But I don't think that's the case for most of us. And it's like hugely based on genetics. But I I think I have heard of some of these like pseudoscience methods. I don't know um, of growing taller allegedly. But like height isn't something that I've struggled with because I think I'm pretty like I'm short. I'm like not even five two. But I think that's pretty standard for like an Asian girl. Um, definitely below average like here like in western culture but it's seen more as like the ideal height i think in asia um because i think people just prefer like i don't know like tiny petite thin frame girls um so i never got criticized for my height but then like weight is definitely something that i think i've struggled with um and even though like i've always been at a pretty healthy weight and at some points of my life i've been like underweight um I, the most like kind of common kind of criticism that I get is like being too fat or being too chubby. And that's definitely something that comes up in conversations with like um, extended family members and relatives. Very different from what Brian mentioned about like having people congratulate you for gaining weight and that signifying like, oh, you're eating well and like healthy and happy. It's definitely like the opposite experience for me. Whereas like if I gain weight, that's seen as like, oh, like, you should control what you're eating because you shouldn't look like that. Like, you're too chubby. Like, that doesn't look good. And it's always, like, from that point of view for me. Yeah, I mean, I've dealt with similar stuff. I've never um, visited, uh, like, my family members in Asia. So I don't think I've, you know, had to experience as much as Rachel has in terms of expectations. But that's why I don't go to family gatherings and avoid them a lot because, like, they always just talk about, like, what I look. Like, oh, you're so tall. Or like, oh, you look so pretty. Um, or, oh, you look fat. Because it was the time where I gained weight. And then, like, all my relatives were saying that I was fat. And then my mom, for the first time, called me fat and everything. And then um, I was telling my dad, I'm like, why do they have to call me fat? Like, being rebellious, as I usually am. Um, and my dad was like, oh, she meant it as a compliment. And I'm like, no, like, Vietnamese translation literally it means fat like it equals fat it's not like chubby it's not like healthy it literally <laughs> equals fat <laughs> um yeah so it's just kind of like been like a negative environment on like everything it's almost like they have expectations for everything like my mom's also very conservative so like I can't show my collarbone if I'm showing my collarbone I'm like 
I need to cover up because apparently that's like too much skin. Um, like I can't show like my thighs or anything like that. That's like too much skin. Um, so yeah, it's like so like restrictive and like weird to me. Um, and like to me, I like don't see the connection between doing all these things, like making your skin fairer and like, you know, caring so much about your looks when the real question is, is like, are you happy and healthy? Like, how does fitting into this ideal preach, make you preach. happy? <laughs> yeah, really... for real. I, I totally agree with you. I feel like <laughs> a lot of the times the media and like our parents and like just the society are in perpetuates such an idealized image of like what you're supposed to look like, whether that's a Western image or an Asian image, like there's something that you want to strive for. And the only way to get there is to fix all those things that are not ideal. Right. And it's like the only thing that um, people tend to like comment about too. Right. Mm -hmm. I, even though I don't really experience like the body shaming or like the fat shaming from like relatives, like you two have experienced, I too like can like feel the amount of pressure that kind of um, creates. Right. Like, you're literally just minding your own business, eating, and they're like, oh, you shouldn't eat that. Like, you're gaining a little bit of weight. It's like my body, right? Don't tell me what to do. And like, I think there's like a difference between like, obviously like in terms of rationalizing, like I think Asian parents are like, my um, perspective is that they think that, you know, being fat means unhealthy, but I don't think being fat means unhealthy. I think there's a lot of fat people that are pretty healthy, right? It's just, you can't really control a lot of like your biological like body shape and stuff like that. Obviously through rigorous like exercise you can. I just don't think it's really fair that women or like especially coming from like Asian backgrounds constantly like like shamed for like how they look and like how they're not fitting into this like ideal um, mold. And it's like, again, like what we talked about before with having everyone kind of look the same. I think like Kathy brought that up with like trying to look like everyone else, but it's like, we kind of prefer being different. Like, and it's affected our self image about how it's like not to be, like it's bad to be different. Yeah, and I think like with the whole thing about mm -hmm. being skinny, also like why do they think that being skinny is also healthy? I don't know, it's not so much of like uh, black and white like that. Like in my mind, it's really like, if you are like taking care of yourself on like multiple levels of like mental health, physical health, like eating well and um, all of that stuff, your body will naturally like whether you were a little bit overweight from your, you know, ideal, you know, personal parameters, you know, with your genetics and lifestyle and environment, you'll naturally like either potentially lose weight or potentially gain weight to really get to like an optimal like weight that like essentially is good for you and I I used to like in high school especially like weigh myself all the time and then when like puberty hit and stuff like that in like grade 12 I started to like gain weight and I was like past 105 pounds and then that like to me I was like oh, I'm gaining so much weight um and so I actually just don't weigh myself because to me I don't feel as heavy as what the numbers say so like for me I always just think like how do I feel in my clothes um how do I feel like looking at myself in the mirror and that is like how I assess like do I feel happy and I feel like with this whole thing like growing up it's made me just distance myself from like 
my Vietnamese culture and like Asian culture in general, because to me, it like doesn't support my well-being. It like detracts from it and it's negative. And so then I try to just exclude it from my life as much as possible, which is why I don't live with my parents or really interact with my family members anymore. Um, because they'll just kind of like constantly pass judgments versus actually like talking to me about like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what am I doing for my job and like career, like other stuff? Because it's almost mm -hmm. like the only thing that women have a value is what you look like versus like your potential and like what you're going to do with your life. And like, let's not get into how my parents also expect me to like get married and have kids and that they have a problem with it if I don't but like why wouldn't you get married so it's really just made me like not like I like the food I like Vietnamese food and clothes and stuff but I don't see any value in the culture that like exists just recently watched like um this clip on Facebook I don't know if you guys saw it but like I think someone posted it on subtle Asian traits and it was like this clip of like it was like a family gathering and um, basically, uh, one of the girls, she was just like, basically bombarded by questions by relatives. They're like, oh, what are you doing for your job? Oh, my, uh, my son is working, making like 80K. Like, how come you're not making that much? Or later, like, oh, how come you look like you gained a lot of weight? Blah, 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 blah. And like, basically all the stuff that we're kind of talking about and like how families kind of just like speak it. And then when she started eating, one of the people, the characters in the video was like, oh, why aren't you eating? You should have some food, right? And then she was just like, oh, it's because you called me fat. And then she's like, oh, no, 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 just eat, right? It's no problem, just enjoy yourself, right? And it's like that cognitive dissonance there. And the part of the video that kind of really stood out to me and it kind of relates to this topic is that when she started like making negative comments about her relatives, it was suddenly an issue. Like when she was like, oh, how's your husband? Oh, wait. You're, you and your husband had an affair with somebody else, so now you are single. And then she's like calling out people and like saying things that are happening in their lives and stuff like that. And like basically being honest about how she feels about her relatives. And her like aunt was basically saying, hey, you can't say that stuff. Like, you have to respect your elders. Like you can't be saying this mean stuff. Imagine how they would feel. And then she was kind of like, she took that and was like, imagine how I feel when everyone's like basically you know, shunning her and like making her feel bad. And none of them are thinking about her. And the aunt's response was, well, we're family. We can be honest with each other. But then it's suddenly not okay if she is doing, being honest with everyone else, right? So I feel like there's definitely like that hierarchy thing where it's like, you can't, like there's some things you can say and some things you're not allowed to say and stuff like that. And like, I think that's something that like, Kathy rebels against as well and like I think I also like to rebel against whenever like my relatives or like my mom like says something like super inappropriate it's like hey man like how would you feel if I called you fat right like you're literally projecting mom like with my mom I I've used that comeback before and then she does it it like for her she's like oh well you know then you're disrespecting me or like like she just like laughs it off or something so it doesn't have like she doesn't understand like there's no empathy of like the impact of what they're saying on the person they're saying it to because it's almost yeah. as if like if you're younger mm, your feelings and stuff don't really shitty. matter like, we can say whatever we want yeah that pisses me off oh my goodness pisses me off so much i just really don't like that it's like they always have a problem with something one and two like what yeah. is actually acceptable is like a needle in a haystack 
standards. I think like the reason why I get like angry about this stuff is because for people who I'm friends with and other people that are like close to me besides like my like family members and stuff so people who aren't related to me like I have never felt any like judgment or negativity from them about like how I look who I am like anything like that so for me to just go from a very kind of you know western culture that kind of mostly is like individualistic and like talks about how like you should do you and all that stuff to like an Asian culture that is so strict and especially Mm -hmm. on women with like what you look like as if that's the only thing that like matters. Beauty standards are very subjective and they're social constructs and especially being Asian Canadian like we kind of see like opposing views on what's beautiful what's considered acceptable and so they're definitely context dependent and I don't think like you can never be quote unquote like perfect or have like the ideal body shape or the ideal look because it just really depends on like where you are and like the times that you're in and so I think like it's really important to acknowledge that and understand that like your body is also constantly changing through life like puberty and if you're a woman then like when you go through pregnancy like that's a huge change in your body um and that's also something to consider Um, And so, yeah, like personally, I think I am just learning to accept um, my appearance and my body for what it is like at the present moment and know that it could look very different, but that doesn't make me any more or less beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think that for Asian beauty standards, like just growing up in an environment with all of these like expectations, we're like really like you can't do anything right. Like, honestly, (laughs) Um, like it's almost as if like, you were born and you had problems and you need to fix it throughout your life that like you weren't fine just the way that you are um and so like that can really have like lifelong impacts on your self-image and like your your own like perceptions and like also your relationships with family members and probably people too right and i think educate yourself a little bit more about standards and how certain standards perpetuates like certain stereotypes and how certain people look and that you you educate yourself about that that and the impacts of it and kind of look past all these things when you are judging the next person in your life or the next person you see because maybe that person's already going through all these um struggles so let's support one another and be kind to one another and be happy and stay happy.